faithfulness in this place. No, I need you to celebrate it like you know God has been faithful to you. You celebrate it like you know God has blessed you, and you are a recipient of his amazing grace. Anybody been blessed in this place? Anybody know anything about God's faithfulness? Let me go ahead and expound on that just for a moment. That means he looked beyond your faults and he saw your needs. He's faithful. Can you celebrate that? He faithfully woke you up this morning. He faithfully watched over you as you make your way here. He's faithfully with us right now. Can we celebrate his faithfulness? And then you make it personal, Lord, unto, unto me, unto me. Nobody can celebrate that for you but you. Because God, oh, our God. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that he's faithful. I, I can't celebrate for you, but I know what God has done for me. And how he's shown that even when we were not faithful to him, can we talk to real people in here? That God still, Troy, has been faithful to what will we say, great is thy morning by morning by morning each and every day when we rest and wake up in the morning. Amanda, we wake up to more of God's everything we have. Heather, his, his hands have, have provided. Oh, Y'all, we can't just sing that. We, we got we to gotta know that. We got to live that, Shannon. We, we have to, to breathe it in and just realize that our very being here is acceptable. So that somebody here is wondering how they're going to make it. Somebody here is faced with a, a lot of obstacles, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to to make it through this week. Perhaps if they see how faithful God has been in your life, it'll encourage them in their life to know that he is. He's faithful. And in his faithfulness, Shayla, he, he chose us. In, in his and all that God is doing and have done, he has you on his mind. That as we, we celebrate how he transforms lives and we celebrate it through baptism and seeing how God continues to call people to himself, we see his faithfulness and we celebrate that. But I want you to get this. In his faithfulness, he chose you. chose you. No, no, I need you to rest there for a moment. He, he knowing all he knows about you chose you. I know we like to dress it up, right? You know, we, we come on Sunday morning, we dress it up because our, our neighbors don't know everything there is to know about us and we're, Lord help me, I'm grateful. Because you wouldn't really, really wouldn't want me to stand here. Uh, but when I stand here, 
You don't see me. What you see is God's faithfulness and his grace upon me. It's not because of me. It's because of him. And you're sitting there. You too can say it's not because of me. It's because of him that the reason I'm here worshiping on a Sunday morning is because of him. The reason I'm still here to testify. If you knew all the stuff God brought me through and brought me over and got me out of, Kevin, it's his faithfulness. And, and, and get this, that, that God in his faithfulness intentionally chose you, D.D., before you even knew there was a you. You all at home listening online, I really want you to get this because as the church, it's a testament that God has chosen us. In fact, he chose us before we said yes to him. That's, that's how, how faithful he is. And anytime you recognize this, then you understand a little bit about God's grace. That, that word grace that signifies that God has put favor upon us. Even though what was the history of us is not deserving of the favor God calls and calls to come upon us. Did you, did you get that? That's really where we pick up in the text as God uses Paul to pen this letter to saints at Rome. He pens this letter to saints at Rome because they need to be reminded of some truths that I believe, Nisha, we too are, have to be reminded of. I, I believe that God wants these same truths to echo in the lives of those who worship him now as we read the letter that was written to those who worshiped him then. It was written to the believers in Rome. This, this epistle, this letter that we read from in the 12th chapter, uh, Apostle Paul writes to this, uh, this congregation uh, that met at Rome. They were in Rome at a time when Christians weren't welcomed in Rome. Before, uh, there was a culture that was receptive to Christianity. These believers were residents in Rome. In Rome, there under the emperor of Claudius, who did not want Christians to be a part of the Roman community, get this, because the culture of Christianity clashed with the culture of Rome. So Rome didn't want Christianity in its culture. Uh, so that the government was even against the Christians, that they wanted to expel the Christians out of Rome. And what God was doing in Rome with the Christians hadn't been seen before because not only were they receiving oppression from the outside, but they were having or experiencing some tensions on the inside. Hmm. That the church could exist in a culture and climate and community that doesn't really revere or appreciate the church, that doesn't want 
Christians to be a part of the community? You mean that didn't just start this year? And then, Calvin, that there would have some tension? Get this. With the people who made up the church in the community? Paul, Paul writes to, to these believers, and he has a lesson for us the believers and check out how he begins i read it into your hearing i hope you get it for he says right there in the third verse uh that by grace he gives this announcement i love the way he says it by grace he gives this announcement he says uh that none of you are to think more highly than yourselves but with sober judgment he says you ought to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. He, he says to the saints, uh, this body of believers then were a multicultural, multigenerational, multilinguistic congregation. I'm talking about the church at Rome, that before there was a CFBCJV, there was a Roman AD. There, there was a, a church, and they were made up of two predominant groups of people that Paul is writing to. There were the Jews and the Gentiles. Somebody said those are two different people. That, that's like uh, those uh, those fans for the Kansas City Chiefs and those fans for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're, they're two, two different kinds of, of people. And you know um, that, that they're different kinds because they have different practices, different rituals, different um, customs. And they gather together, get this, these two groups of people gather together to make up one congregation with one core conviction, and that is Jesus is Lord. And so now Paul writes to these people, this church in Rome, and he tells them, before you look down your nose at anyone else who makes up this body of Christ, remember that you were saved by grace. I'm in a text right there. He says, by grace, I need to tell you to not look more highly of yourself. Don't think more highly of yourselves than you ought to. It's almost sounding as though Paul knows something about them that they wouldn't want no one else to know. Do, do you really see that in the text? He's writing to Jews, and the Jews, if you know anything, had a history with God. They had a history of being in a relationship with God. Let me teach you for a moment here. The Jews had a, a lineage of faith that extends back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were the great, great, great grandchildren, the generational grandchildren of the chosen people. They were familiar with being in the temple. They were familiar with the feasts and the festivals called by God. They had history with God. Their, their grandparents had history. God. They knew something about God. Now you get that? They grew up in the synagogue. They grew up in the temple and they were a part of the church. But they weren't there by themselves because there was this other group of people that didn't have history in the church. This other group of people didn't have history in the synagogue. This other group of people were like from the seat, from the street to the seat. They, they didn't have the, 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 the rituals. They didn't know anything about uh, the routines in the context of the body of Christ. And they too made up the church. And in this context, you won't believe this, but sometimes those folk who've been in the church longer than others who's just coming in the church have a temptation, oh, let me go ahead and say it like this, have a tendency, Dominic, to look down their noses at others who just got in the church. 
I'm in the text, y'all. And, and what Paul says to remind all of them is, don't you think that you all that and a bag of chips with a pickle in it? No, he said, don't, don't think that you all that because guess what? The same grace that got you back then is the same grace that saved them right now. Come on here, let me sit right next to you for a moment. Because what God is telling us through his word is that we got to be reminded that all of us were saved by grace. And so he tells the believers then, he says in, in uh, the third chapter, right around that ninth verse, he says, What then? Are we Jews any better? Not, no, not at all. For we are already charged that all, both Jew and Greek, those are the Gentiles, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Come on, help me just communicate this message to your neighbor and say it through your mask. Just tell them we all need grace. I want you to get this because the reality is that it is grace that allows us to be in the body of Christ. It's grace that got us out of our sinfulness. It's grace that engrafted us into a relationship with God. And when you have an awareness of grace, it should keep you grateful and it should keep you grounded. Now I hope you get this. So, so oftentimes we get so caught up in what God has done for us that sometimes we take credit for God's work in us. As though we were always like this. Ah. But there are those who need to know the truth of your story. So that when you meet them in the hallway and you sit with them in the rows and they see you in the store and they see you when you're going about your daily activity, they need to know that when God saved you, he saved you from something to something. He saved you from sin to a relationship with him. He saved you because he loves you. Ah, Kevin, not because we were so good. So he reminds the believers to have an awareness of God's grace, that they remain grind, grounded and that they remain grateful. But then he goes on to explain to them that when they accept God's grace, here it is, that when we accept God's grace, acceptance of grace gives us a place and a purpose to grow. Shannon, this is where we're going to camp out just for a moment. Because I feel the Holy Spirit is really pushing us to make a decision today. I don't know how long you've been in the body of Christ. I don't know how long you've been a part of this fellowship. One thing I can tell you is if you're at home, online, or in person, we're grateful that you are a part of the body. And I can tell you that God's choice of making you a part of the body was not an arbitrary choice, but God has a reason why he chose you to be a part of this family. That your neighbor didn't choose you, God chose you. And God chose you knowing all God knows about you. He chose you. And if God chose you, then you have to decide whether or not you're going to trust his choice. Did you get that? That he chose us to be a part of this family of believers, and he chose us on purpose. This is what Paul says when he writes. He says, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one 
of another. Get this. What he says to this body of believers is that it is God, through his grace, who's made us a part of the same family. That we are a part of his body. And when we accept that it's grace that gives us a place and a purpose, we are then in position to become, to serve in, to do what God has called us to do. Can I help you understand something? You, you're, you're saved to serve. Uh, let me go ahead and push that a little further. I don't think they heard me. Uh, Troy, sometimes this might act up. Austin, you know how it is when you're trying to, to teach and to tell uh, that God does nothing by accident. And so if God has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, as God has allowed you to experience and know his faithfulness for yourself personally, then God has called you to serve the body in serving him. Which means that there are no sideline Christians. Uh, that, that he's calling all of us to take the field. And when you take the field, you got to remember that all of us wear the same jersey. Uh, let me work for a moment here because no matter who you're rooting for uh, in this Super Bowl contest, the reality is that there's a place for you to serve on this team, the Lord's team that God has called you to. And when he's called you to serve, he doesn't mean for any of us to sit on the bench, be on the sideline, or even in the stands looking on. No, if God called you, then God called you out so that you could serve him, that others might know that you belong to his team. Catch y'all, because uh, he says it's by by grace. This this grace, uh, same grace that Paul writes to the Ephesian believers in the second chapter and eighth verse of Ephesians, where he says, "By grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing; it is the gift of God, not of works, so none of us is able to brag." There, there's a place for you to serve. When you have said yes to Christ, Christ has a place for you to serve. And in your service, he doesn't have you just arbitrarily chosen. Listen, you all, look what he says in the word. He says to everyone who's in the body, he's given them gifts. Somebody say gifts. Gifts. This gifts, the same word, are derivative in the Greek that comes from our word for grace. It, it is charis. Charis is for grace. And when you see the gift, it is coming off of Charis, which is charisma, which we get our word charisma in English from, that God gives you a piece of him that is a gift so that you might serve the body of Christ, that everybody who's in him will be connected to him as they're connected to you in service for him. Did I say that too fast? Listen, y'all, God wants us to serve. Let me tell you why. Because when the storms of life come, God never intends for his saints to be in isolation. He intends for us to be connected to one another. That's what makes us the body of Christ. Because the hand is no good if the hand isn't connected to the arm. The arm is no good if the arm is not connected to the body. The feet is no good if it doesn't connect to the body. The heart helps the brain. The brain helps the heart. And just in case you're trying to figure out where you land in the body, last I checked, Christ is the head and we are the body. So we do as he's called us to do. We serve as he's called us to serve. And this Sunday, y'all, God is calling us to service. Ah, because you're gifted 
Baptist Church. Right there in the foyer is a serve fair. I told them I'm going to let you out early, so I got to keep my word. Here it is, uh, the serve fair. And I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now because there's something that God wants you to give. Listen, we see it realized on the outside. We see it realized in our vocations. But guess what? The gifts that God gives you beyond this this, uh, limited gift listing that Paul raises in the text, this is not an exhaustive list. He just wants us to understand as the body of Christ that if you're in the body, you have a gift. Did, Did you catch that? That God is so faithful and so giving that when he allows us by the grace of God through Jesus Christ to be a part of the church, he not only invites us in the church, but he gives us a gift to serve the church so that those who come in the church might see that this body of believers are truly the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. question is, have you activated your gift? No, that's a real question. Have you Have you activated your gift? Look what he says in the text. He says in verse 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. I'm closing the sermon right now. Uh, I just want to ask this question. Are you using your gift? Not for self-aggrandizement, not for self-advertisement, but for God's glory. Are you using the gift? that God has given you. Have you activated your gift? Happened to me just the other day. It did, John. Happened to me just the other day. You know, um, if you all, if you ever been involved in our Wednesday night program, you understand there's a lot of options to serve and a lot of options to grow. And one of those options is that of financial peace. I took financial peace, and there I was. I was. Uh, I knew Dave Ramsey's principal said that I was supposed to have cash, but on this particular instance, I didn't bring cash with me, and I was uh, I was at a place where I needed to get some fuel. And there I was. I, I went into the cashier and I, I went in my wallet and I pulled out my trusty card. I knew that card would work, Shannon, because I knew I was being a good steward. And I, I had uh, some gifts to support my transaction. And so there I was. I gave them my card. They, they swiped the card and it didn't read. Y'all, I'm a pastor. That's not supposed to happen. You know, you go to the counter, you're supposed to swipe it and it's supposed to go through because other folk are looking at you. So try, try it again pastoral demeanor. Try, try, try that one more time. They swiped it and, and it still didn't go through. Then the cashier said something that I want to forget. She said, uh, sir, there's a sticker on the side here. I said, yeah, I'll keep that on there. I'd forgotten it was a new card. And, and, uh, and she said, well, I just have to ask you, have you activated the card? I looked and said, you know what? All that I have to back this card up, I can't get because I never activated the card. So then I picked my phone up and I called to activate the card. And now that which was backing the card was able to flow through the card and be of service. Come here, I'm just trying to help you understand something, saying of God. God is calling us today to answer the question, have you activated the gift? That's a gift he placed inside of all of us. He wants us to realize this gift. So if you would go ahead and take out your smartphones, go ahead and take out your phones. This might be uh, one of the few times I tell you in church to go ahead and take your phones out. But take, uh, take your phones out because today we want you to know, to discover the gift that God has inside of you. If you visit our website, championforest.org forward slash gifts, there you'll find 
a spiritual gift inventory. Now hear me that if you are not a part of the family of God, if you're not accepted the gift of grace from Christ through Christ Jesus, then you don't have any spiritual gifts. That's the first gift you have to receive, and that is Jesus Christ. And in taking this inventory, it will help you to discover what God has placed in you that you might serve the church, the body of Christ. And not only do I want you to discover it, but I want you to deploy it. That means put it into practice. You do that when you look at championforge.org forward slash serve. And if that's too great a list for you, when you walk out these double doors today, there's going to be a whole bunch of people lined up in the foyer who want to give you the opportunity to give God glory through your service when you say yes. Don't put it off. I know the excuses we have. Well, I would serve if somebody's asking. Well, I'm asking. Well, well, I would serve if I had something to give. Well, God already said everyone who's a member has something to give. The question is, will you say yes? You can stand all over the building. God is calling us to make a decision. A decision that we're going to serve him better. To serve him more. In fact, I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come down the aisle because there are those who are going to be praying about that very decision. Prayer partners, would you come forward now that as we pray, the decision to say yes in service to God. It begins with us saying yes to Christ as our Savior. That's, that's the first yes. That yes allows you to accept the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And then when you accept that gift, God gives you a gift that you might serve the body of Christ. And we want to pray with you that you make that very decision. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now that you need to make the decision to say yes to Jesus Christ. I want to invite you to come. If you have been struggling with where do I fit in, in this uh, church body, where do I fit as the family of God, come here. We want you to gain clarity. God wants you to come. If you have any prayer requests, we want to pray with you because we want you to know of God's faithfulness and God's desire to use you. We want you to come. And as we sing together, in this moment, I invite you to come. Say yes to God. Say yes to his faithfulness. And say yes to serving Jesus. Come on, saints of God, let's pray together. You know God wants to use you. I'll see you. Come on, encourage them as they come. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.